Evening, everyone. This is the Four Guys Roundtable Show, and I'm with my cohorts, Coach Jeremy, Darth Pat, and there's somebody MIA. But he's MIA because he's watching the professional wrestling pipe review to challenge this evening. <laughs> and he'll be back later. To be determined, no more to next week. <laughs> yeah, no. What is it he's, he's watching? NXT 2.0 War Games. Yeah, yes, which I find very interesting because it's the one program that he now says is a bunch of garbage, but yet he's going to watch the pay-per-view like in hopes that it'll be maybe good. So what I was about to say is, you know, you've heard the DG song, I Started a Joke. Yes. You know, I, no. like, well, it has the lyric at you know the end of the chorus, you know, where it's like, but you know, but I didn't see that the joke was on me. Mm. That's him watching NXT right now. The joke's <laughs> on him. <laughs> Listen, the, uh, I've been watching it since it started at eight o'clock. It it hasn't been bad. Um, the, the thing about it is, is they have some good wrestlers on the show, but as far as the weekly products concerned, yeah, it's just not great. Just it's just not great. The shows, the pay-per-views, and the hasn't been really that bad. It's been pretty decent. So here's my thing. Like last year with football. So I just referenced into something that I will watch religiously without default. Last year the Eagles were terrible. But yet I still tuned in every Sunday to watch what the fiasco would be in hopes that it was gonna be a better game. Same concept. Same concept. But I would tune out like I wouldn't really like watch it like I would like do other things and I would just have it kind of play in the background and and if something happened then I you know like rewind or something like that you know and I guess that's where for me like it differs like I can do that with sports but with wrestling if I know it's going to be bad like I know there's no hope that it's going to be even halfway decent because the product's been so bad I have no reason to tune in like it's something that I can definitely just be like nah not worth it not worth my time you know yeah i mean there's a lot of people that feel feel that way these days um in regards to it, it it's hard like I'm, i've been watching this thing on um was it hbo max i think so i don't remember one of the streaming services and they talk <laughs> about like you know how it really went down and it's, it's a lot of different stuff about like murders and dahmer and you know, um, all kinds of stuff. We're just having a brain fart. We've I've watched so many of them the last couple of days. But, and I turned it on, you know, on my phone. And the women's war game is one of the first matches. And it, it wasn't bad. It was some cool spots in there. It was, it was decent. It wasn't great, but it was decent. It just kind of like, I guess for wrestling, it's you, there's certain people that you like. So you kind of want to see them do good, even though you know mm-hmm. the rest of the product and the show is going to be shit fest. Or it's not gonna be great. So I kind of I get where he's coming from with that because there's still some people in NXT that I really like, but it is hard. It's it's hard for me to really I can't watch it on Tuesdays. I can't just sit there and watch like bad stuff happening or not great stuff just for the person I'd like to show up. It's like, yeah, I can't really do this. So I'll pass for now. I'll read about it. it is what it is. Watch some clips of it and, and go there. Go from there. Well, yeah, and and that's for me why I really haven't watched wrestling in so long. It's just because every time I have tuned in sporadically here and there, it, it it's not enjoyable. Like the there's 
not characters or people that I like enough to be able to tune in and be like, okay, I can, I'm going to, I can sit here and tolerate this for the next, you know, 20, 30 minutes while this person's on TV and, you know, or, you know, oh, I can go through a whole thing. It's, it's just, it's tough. Like, and, and I remember I went through that spell. Um, what was it? The, the late eighties until the attitude era where I didn't watch wrestling. Like I had no interest in it. I got interested again in wrestling when, Stone Cold and The Rock became big guys in the, in wrestling, and that's when I started yeah. watching again. And then I lost interest when The Rock and them went away and didn't start getting back into wrestling until I met AJ and, you know, I saw John Cena and, and, and some of the guys that were coming up with the time when John Cena was getting yeah. big, you know. But I'm in one of those downs where it's just not interesting right now. What's that, Darth yeah, Pat? Darth Pat? No, I was just saying that wasn't such a big gap. The, the last one you mentioned, it was like the time in between when like Rock and Austin left and like the rise of Cena, that there wasn't a huge gap there. No, it was only a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. But still, though, it's just. I've really, only, this... lost interest. I've really only lost interest, I would say, over the last. Oh, shit. Maybe it's like closer to six or seven years now. And um, the last time I really remember really being invested in shit was like when the Daniel Bryan title push was going on. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good yeah, storyline. What I was hoping was going to be the end of the authority storyline at the Survivor Series, which of course fucking wasn't. Um, that might have been one of the reasons why I really also started just stopped tuning in. And, and Cena going away really did that because you know, I was just like, you know, who was left on the roster? And I was just like, well, you know, Michaels is retired. Cena's off to Hollywood now. Undertaker's wrestling once or twice a year. Nobody else who's there is captivating me that much, you know? So, and this yeah. is also, of course, when we're well into the part-timer era, you know, with Brock mm-hmm. and, and all that other stuff. So, yeah, you know, True. and I went through cycles True. like that too. Like, uh, like when Hogan first left WWF, I stuck with it for a few months and then kind of lost interest. And then he came back and then he left again until I lost interest again. And then when he went to WCW, I started paying attention to WCW and then kind of lost interest in the Nitro debuted and then the NWO debuted. But I actually lost interest around the time the attitude era really started. I just, I think there was, there must have been something else on Monday nights that I was more interested in watching. Though, mm-hmm. twenty three years later, I couldn't fucking tell you what it was. And then the thing that really, I think I've mentioned this before, that really kind of brought me back into wrestling. Then, uh, unfortunately, was Owen Hart's death. Um, that just like yeah. kind of made me feel like I was supposed to start watching again. And then I started watching both again. And then you know, realizing how horrible WCW had become and trying to give it like, you know, a chance when they did the whole reboot thing in 2000. But of course that petered out after about two months. And I don't remember watching much, if any of WCW after the bash at the beach 2000, you know, like Hogan was done because of Russo's bullshit. And I know I watched the last, I know I watched the last Nitro, but I don't think I watched much of any of WCW in those intervening months. And I was pretty much, on just if I watch anything, no, actually, I was watching WWF consistently because that was during my two years in Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ooh. like, uh, you had a good segue go for my, me there in just a minute. I would go over <laughs> my aunt, I would go over my aunt and uncle's house on the weekends to do laundry for free and everything and spend time with my cousins. Um, but like where they lived, 
SmackDown was on at like 10 o'clock on Saturday night. So I was like up late in their house doing laundry and everything. I'm like watching SmackDown. That kind of helped bring me back into the product a lot. And 2000 was a pretty good year for WWE, I remember. So it was, it was an entertaining year. It was. So you want to segue into the, the ND? The gold. <laughs> into the gold. <laughs> so how crazy is it? And I'll let... Darth Pat talked to this more, but I just I just heard it when uh, I turned on WIP, you know, the local Philly sports radio station, and they're like, Notre Dame's coach up and leaves. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> or LSU, I was like, hmm. Between uh, <laughs> Riley, Riley Leland, because I don't think he wanted anything to do with I, – I don't think he really wanted anything to do with the SEC, <laughs> to be honest with you. And – um going to usc i was like yep and then the Notre Dame was 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 kind of a head scratcher to me at first i was like wait what the fuck i was like this makes no sense and when the darth pad posted it i'm like what's he talking about so i went on espn and i was like oh okay never <laughs> yeah, mind he just, he just from <laughs> it was like have... freaking news and i was like oh shit that's yeah, probably he... like oh yeah, and the way I understood it, and Darth Pat, this is where I'll let you correct me if I'm wrong and stuff like that, but like he got the job offer. The season's not even over yet. He got the job offer and was like, Yeah, Peace, that's an issue I'm I have. Out. <laughs> well, I have an issue with that shit too. This is, I'll try to keep this as brief as possible. This is what a lot of people think is the biggest problem plaguing college football right now is the way that the coaching carousel works every year. And basically the way in the, the way in the way in that it works every year is that in order to keep continuity with recruiting and everything, these teams that have to make their changes so fast, they have to get a new head coach in place so fast that they're, you know, they're plucking in the cases mm-hmm. of, you know, these two that we're mentioning here, USC with Riley and LSU with Kelly. Um, they're plucking the guys away from their current teams, bef- basically between the end of the regular season, meaning before the conference tournament games uh, or the conference championship games and the bowl season. So that the inevitable, you know, the inevitable conclusion is that all these teams like, you know, then don't have their coach uh, for their bowl games. And I, um, I don't know the exact numbers here. It's something I'll research one day if I ever have the time. Um, But the feeling always is that those teams that have their coaches taken away from them Mm -hmm. always go out and play pretty shitty in the bowl game. Don't know if that's going to happen for Notre Dame just because of who they tapped to replace them, you know, the defensive coordinator and everything, who seems to be pretty popular with the players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but, not great. But, yeah, a lot, a lot of people are very critical that this is the way that this system works right now. The problem is because, again, the recruiting component is what makes it unique and everything, I don't much see it changing. I, I really don't see how they could try to change it. I don't see how – I don't. I don't see how they could try to regulate. I don't see how the NCAA because the NCAA really has no teeth for shit like this as it is anyway. There's but a I don't there's a how, lot of flaws with the NCAA period, but well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The NCAA really in a lot of ways is just total bullshit. But that's another story for another mm-hmm. time. But it's like I don't think they could ever try to like implement some rules saying you know if you're gonna fire your head coach at the end of November or the beginning of December. And you want to hire somebody who's currently under contract at another school and they're still playing, you know, or they're going to be going to a bowl game. You can't hire that guy then until their bowl game is over. They would never be able to implement a rule like that. And one of the reasons is because these coaches have usually buyout clauses in their existing contracts. 
so that yep. if they want to break their contract with the team that they're currently coaching to go off and coach for other team, they have to pay the school X, you know, whatever it is that's in their contract to get out. So, so yep. Kelly probably owes Notre Dame five, six, seven, who knows what it is, million dollars, which LSU was basically paying because of the contract that he's got from LSU. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's just a very weird system. And, you know, Penn State could have potentially been yeah. facing you too uh, because there was rumors about LSU or USC who wanted James Franklin, but then he signed a big new contract with Penn State. Uh, the, guy, the guy with Michigan State decided to stay when his name started coming about. Um, sounds like Oklahoma, which I think would have been considered the biggest, uh, you know, high-profile job left. Um, they're hiring Clemson's uh, – I can't remember if he was the offensive or defensive coordinator. Defensive, defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's been mentioned as a potential head coaching candidate for a while. Well, here's another one, too. Like, uh, Florida hired the uh, head coach from what used to be called Louisiana Lafayette. Now they're just calling themselves Louisiana. And they played in the Sun Belt Championship game yesterday. So he bailed on them before that, you know, because I, I don't think he coached that game. So and he's obviously going to coach in the bowl game. So, so it's, this is the college system. Yeah, so talking about their contracts and stuff like that, you mentioned Penn State with Franklin and that. So I had to bring – because this is crazy to me because we know NFL coaches don't – they get paid, but they don't get paid like a college coach. College coach, gets, they get ridiculous money. Uh, and yeah, essentially my thought do. behind that is because they don't have to pay the athletes – they can dump the money into the coaches. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, they there's don't, a yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure it says that Kelly signed a 10 year deal, but his 10 year deal yep. is worth <laughs> with incentives and all that stuff is worth over, over it's worth a hundred million dollars, which is <laughs> absolutely ridiculous to me. Yep. Um, and then Franklin signed an extension for $95 million. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Tucker signed an extension for $95 million and Franklin for $85 million. Yeah, I think, I think Franklin got $85, yeah. Yeah, he got yep. $85 million with their respective schools. I'm like, this is, like, absolutely ridiculous. Like, <laughs> No, I mean, yeah. yeah, and some see, here's the funny thing, too. A lot of times is um, – uh, at the universities that are considered state universities, which I think Penn State is not considered. One. No, they're not. State State's just in their name. They're not a state. Right, university. right, right. You know, so they are actually private school. But I think I've heard many times over that at certain state schools, um, either their football coach or in some cases uh, the men, the men's basketball coach, ends up being not just the highest paid employee at the university, but the highest paid state employee. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Yeah, that That's correct. Surprise me. You know, more than like you know the governor or any of the state legislators, which I mean, well, mm -hmm. they're not the state legislators aren't really full time anyway. But you know, and, and fuck most of those people to begin with, because <laughs> if, you th if you think that yeah, I just I'm just going to say this real quick. If you think the people in like the, in the you know the United States Congress are bad, we do some research on the people who are representing your your state. Oh, you yeah, know, they're terrible. How, how does it some, most of them are even worse. Yeah, right. It's like you, you get a much lower class of people there, which is saying something. Mm -hmm. In the state of Pennsylvania, they just gave themselves a raise too, but they still don't make that. Well, they make they make plenty of money. But to put it into perspective, um, the superintendent of the local school district here where I live, 
is making one hundred and ninety six thousand dollars a year. He's making more what? than a state. He's making more than a state legislator. Yeah. Those state legislators aren't in session like year round. I mean, again, the, the, the federal Congress isn't either, but they do less work than the federal Congress does too. And they, they don't have to like go and wage these like seemingly like endless, you know, re-election campaigns to quite the same extent either. And so a lot of those people have other jobs, you know, so like what they have multiple incomes really, but you know, um, but um yeah, like, the first the first time I ever heard that, I just was was flabbergasted because it just again it's kind of like what you mentioned there, Jeremy. We not we, um, <laughs> you know, these the schools pay these coaches exorbitant salaries, mm-hmm. and a lot of times you end up getting fucked over by them. <laughs> uh, but God help it if we pay these kids anything, you know. Yeah. The ones who are actually out there putting their bodies on the line. I mean, it is nice, and I don't know how. I don't know if every student in every college is allowed to do this, but I mean, they are allowed at least now to get endorsement deals. Like I said, I don't know how extensive that is and how far it extends, but it's, it's just starting. So we don't really know where it's going to go quite yet, and we don't really know if it's still going to be fair compensation. Yeah, but we're starting to see something. Yeah, yeah, it is. This it, the system is at least starting to show some signs of change, which is good. So, but they still have a long way to go, though. Oh, absolutely. So, so just kind of touching on the Kelly thing real quick. Uh, as a Notre Dame fan, I, when did it happen? It was Monday, I think, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like in the morning, you know, because I'm I'm in a slow time in my job, so like you know, I kind of check out after like a certain amount of time of day, and just like you know, go take like five minutes to refresh myself, like you know, just like you know go to check a couple websites real quick for any news or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like early Monday morning, I'm seeing this thing saying LSU interested in Kelly. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Texting my mother saying, apparently LSU wants Kelly now. And I think about it was like two hours after I texted her that I texted her again and he's gone. <laughs> That's how quick it happened. And I'm not going to hold any ill will against Brian Kelly, really, because the funny thing is, you know, again, I was never a Notre Dame fan until I considered going to school there. You know, I used to hate Notre Dame. So, like, you mentioned, like, Lou Holtz to me. I'm like, yeah, fuck Lou Holtz. Um, but between Bob Davey and Ty Willingham and Charlie Weiss, you know, Notre Dame was they, – they had a couple good years in there, but for the most part, they were a joke. Charlie Weiss was probably the worst hire that they ever did. He was not a good head coach. Nope. I thought he'd be good. I remember like because when they fired Willingham, it was that was another such that was another time where I believe they wanted to bring in Urban Meyer and he spurned mm-hmm. them. He decided to leave Utah, not for Notre Dame, but for Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I was like, This is this is how pathetic the schools become. They can't even get the coach they want. And it's Notre <laughs> Dame. Um and like other people were like, you know, were like, you know, like, so I thought, well, why not Charlie Weiss? He's a Notre Dame alum. You know, he's been a successful guy in the NFL. The, the trend at the time was um, if you brought a guy in the NFL from the NFL, that would appeal to recruits because they know they'd be playing in a pro style system. So they'd have a better chance of translating their, you know, directly into the pros and all that. So, but yeah, he just he ended up being a fucking disaster too. So Brian Kelly, despite some hiccups along the way, really rescued them from that. He really made the school he, and the team relevant again and everything. Mm-hmm. 
they had a lot of success and he is now the winningest coach in school history the problem yep. is no no championship yep and you know we, again Notre Dame used to be measured on its national championships and again it's been since 1988 at this point that they've won so um you know was I so supposedly he was upset that they um they weren't as great with like spending money on new facilities and keeping the facilities updated and everything. Now, again, I haven't been there in 20 years. So I have no idea what they've done since then, but I can tell you when I walked around like the athletic building areas, when I was at Notre Dame, my reaction a lot of the times was, Oh, this was state of the art in 1975. <laughs> so they were behind the times. They were behind the times in the late nineties and early two thousands. I, you know, I would have to think that they've made, progress since then but again it sounds like the progress still wasn't enough to kelly's liking uh and again coaches are always going to say you don't give me the facilities that you know we're going to appeal to these kids and then we're not going to succeed in recruiting so i can understand him having that as like a let me out of here reason Mm -hmm. and also just the fact that and we we may have seen it here this year it was hard to tell though, because of the way yesterday shook out um, where the fact that they're still independent and not in a conference. So therefore not playing that conference championship game may have kept them out of the playoff, you know, because of the way yesterday turned out though, we, we won't know that, but it could have happened if Georgia had beaten Alabama, you know, or if Oklahoma state had beaten Baylor, you know, they could have gotten shut out because, you know, that. So, um, you know, more so if like if Alabama had had two losses and Notre Dame only had one. So, um, so uh, like um, that's another interesting thing, just from a Notre Dame aspect uh, down the road, the, the potential of expanding the playoffs, which sounds like now is hitting bumps in the road, which isn't good. Uh, I think the thing that I was hearing with them was that if like Notre Dame was going to remain independent, they could. I think some of the proposals I was reading was like, was talking about like they could get like an automatic bid, but they would never be like one of the top four seeds that gets a buy in this or that. And I was like, that's not all that appealing to me. So I was saying maybe this will accelerate Notre Dame just throwing the towel in as far as the independent shit and saying, all right, we're just joining a conference full time. And pretty obviously that would be the ACC. Yeah. Um, there's, there should be no reason why any team's independent right now. There's like, there used to be only three or four. Now it's up to eight now. Well, you know, what the funny um, thing is I, I've been like looking at like the history of conferences and shit, because there's going to be so much of you know, this conference movement again, uh, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, with, next with two years, three years, the SEC, and then the, the big 12 bringing in four new teams. And then that caused the American to steal a bunch of teams from the Sun Belt and conference. He was saying, yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. Um, but, you know, it was like back in like not as long, not that long ago, like so like the late 80s, early 90s, where there was still a ton of independent teams. Penn State was yeah. independent, Pitt, Syracuse, B, B, uh, uh, BC, Miami, uh, Florida State, uh, yeah. Virginia Tech, West Virginia. And then gradually, like, you know, someone went to the ACC, someone went to the Big Ten, the Big East started playing football as a conference and then you know that fell apart and everything but mm. yeah now it's like being independent is kind of silly like like BYU is one of the independent teams right now they're going to be joining the big 12 there in a couple years yep. um the other schools that are independent i it's like it's our uh, it's army so it's like it's like navy. army no navy's in the aac i'm sorry our, our, 
Army, Air Force, UMass, Kentucky. Air Force is in the Mountain West. I'm sorry, Air Force. There's like eight teams. We should get it right already. Stop just guessing and throwing out teams there, Joe. (laughs) Well, I know there's two. There was there was there's two military teams on there. Uh, let's see. If you look at the standings, I think there's two military schools on there. Army's one of them. Army, Army definitely is. Navy, I think, is independent in a lot of other sports, but not football. So they're like they're I considered. They like, sh- they're well, you're looking like, up, so you'll tell me. I swear there was two military schools on there. They're considered like an associate member of the AAC because they're only in the AAC for football. Hmm. Um, God damn it. Why can't I find everything? Here we go. Independence. There are seven independent schools this year. Notre Dame, New Mexico State. Yeah. Um, they, used to be in the, they used to be in the whack. Why they won't join like the Mountain West or Conference USA or Sunbelt, I don't know. Liberty, who I think is joining the Sunbelt, maybe. I don't remember now if they're one of the ones joining the Sunbelt. UMass, who was in the MAC, but mm-hmm went out UConn who was in the American but because they went back to the Big East for all the other sports they went independent in football again Army who's pretty much always been independent I believe and BYU who will be joining a conference in a year or two so I mean those schools want to stay independent fine but I mean you're not you're not doing a you're not you're not helping your school in any manner by staying independent just just nowadays you're not you're, you're really not. You're not going to get yeah. anywhere if, you're, if you stay right. independent, to be honest. Yeah, it's, you're, you're facing a much a much bigger road. Like Okay, so like yeah. Army's always been independent, except for like it was a uh, was it seven-year stretch from the late 90s to early 2000s where they were with Conference USA. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, I do remember that. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's very true. So Notre Dame... I still think Notre Dame is going to end up having to make that decision because I think even if they do expand the playoffs, it's still not going to be great for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, look at look look at this. The ACC championship game this year was Pitt versus Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Wait, Wake Pitt. Forest. <laughs> Pitt versus Wake Forest. Like that. That I I because Florida State. You know, I follow Florida State, of course. You know. They didn't have a great season. They showed some promise, but I really wasn't paying attention to like the NC, you know, I'm down in ACC country, of course, but like the only football team down here, that's really good. As far as the ACC schools is NC state and wake forest, North Carolina's up and down. Duke's really never really that great, but it didn't, I didn't look at the standings and I had no clue. I knew NC state was fighting to be in the championship game. But then when the, when I looked at the, Yesterday is when the first time I looked at the standings and I was like, oh shit, it's Wake Forest versus Pitt in the ACC championship game. Like that, that could have been easily like Notre Dame (laughs) versus one of those two schools in the ACC championship game. I'm going to, I got to excuse myself. I have an emergency with my son. Uh Okay. I mean, the, the ACC was excessively mediocre this year. I mean, oh my God. Only five out of the fourteen teams finished with winning records because they yep. had they had as many teams finish exactly five hundred at six and six as they did with winning records. So that that's mediocrity defined. You know? Just just mediocrity and, and very very a down year. I mean, Clemson was definitely mm-hmm. you could tell they were kind of 
in the rebuild mode and their talent wasn't as great as or good as some people expected it to be but mm-hmm. well here's so, the thing you know, what it is. yeah this is why i love why uh sports reference exists when they they catalog things like this um beginning of the year so preseason acc teams there are only three acc teams that were even ranked so that should tell you something right there too yeah clemson was third north carolina was 10th miami was 14th clemson finished 20 or currently because the season technically isn't over the bowl games Clemson is now 22nd. The other two teams are unranked because Carolina finished six and six. Miami finished seven and five. You had Pitt finish. Pitt's currently 17, Wake 18, and NC State 21. So it's like, okay, we got four teams, but they're ranked between 17 and 22. (laughs) Yeah. You know? No, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I still, uh, that's why it's, it's, at the end of the day, I don't care. You know, I understand that Cincinnati and Utah next year, or Houston, I'm sorry, are going to be going to, was it the Big 12? Yeah, um, Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, and Central Florida. Yeah, they're going they're, to... They're, they're the one that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb now, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're going to Big 12. That'll help them as far as recruiting to a bigger conference and help them when it comes to bowl games and championships, so on and so on. I just feel that even with all these teams moving around, I just feel that the way the college playoff is set up every year, there's an excuse from the committee about why this person wasn't ahead of this one, so on and so on. And their reasoning is just every year is worse. Just like when Michigan State beat Michigan, their excuse for not putting Michigan State ahead of Michigan in the polls the next week was, well, on the visual, we just think Michigan still has a better team. So you just pretty much said head-to-head means jack shit. And to be honest with you, they were were lucky to be kind of proven right about that. But yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, at the time, and it's just even with, I know I might be nitpicking, but I, I feel Cincinnati should not be four. They should have moved up to number three, and Georgia should have fell to four. I understand they were number one for the whole year, but they really pretty much got their asses handed to them in the championship game. And I feel like you had Cincinnati who beat a ranked team in their championship game, conference game, and did it pretty handily, and also went undefeated. And I feel like they don't give two shits about people going undefeated so it's just kind of like and and they they also said that they it wasn't on their mind that you know another georgia versus alabama rematch in the first round of the of the conference playoff really because that's what everyone kind of talked about it's kind of like yeah you you say it wasn't on your mind i think it was and i think they just they they flipped they put it that way so those two won't face each other in the first round it's like they're kind of like it's like I feel like they're they're being biased and they're and they're they're favoring the SEC teams. Like, let's put oh. them against the the Big Ten and, and you know the the Cinderella team because now people are going to think Alabama is just going to destroy Cincinnati and that Georgia is going to come back and, and take care of Michigan, which is just drives me insane with the, with all that shit. Hold on, yeah. I like plug my laptop in because I forgot to. <laughs> I mean, there there there's definitely an SEC bias. I think anybody outside the sec would realize that to be honest um 
the the kind of the funny thing is here um like uh, again i was since i still got the sports reference page open here they have this like you know system that they use it's like you know what they call simple rating system a rating yeah. that takes into account average point differential and strength of schedule um so even with the uh, the acc being you know mediocre they still rank them third among all the conferences this year and that includes the the non-power five the SEC was actually second to the Big Ten in that in their in both in their simple rating system and strength of schedule um, uh, uh, ratings, even though the SEC as a conference finished with a much better winning percentage than the Big Ten did. Um, but that's also because the SEC they still play one FCS opponent every year and the Big Ten teams don't always do that. The Big Ten teams will always play MAC teams but they don't always go and play FCS teams like Penn State played Villanova this year but Villanova is one of the better FCS teams but yes, that was one of the things I was looking at too because my parents were over here yesterday helping me hang shit up and everything um, so you know we had you know we've had the, uh, the Big 12 game on first and then we had the SEC game on and you know I mentioned that Georgia had only given up more than 10 points three times all year. And then mm-hmm. biggest was 17. And then, you know, of course, Alabama exceeded that in the first half. And then <laughs> I'm saying, and that's so what I'm saying, you know, is Georgia as good as we thought they were? Because who the fuck did they play? Mm-hmm. They played in the SEC East, which is not the cream of the SEC. No. Yeah, so, so so they're playing South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, who was good, uh, Florida, Missouri, and Tennessee. But you still got to take care of those people, too. So I get right. it. Right. And then they played Arkansas and Auburn from cross division. Uh, and Auburn was still up and down. Arkansas was in the top 10 when they played them, but they stomped the shit out of them. And I don't think Arkansas ever recovered. But then this was their non conference schedule, their, their four non conference games. Uh, Clemson, which was back at the beginning of the year, and they beat them 10 to 3, which made everybody go, Oh my God, Georgia could be really, really good. They helped Clemson to three points. But then, of course, Clemson turned out to be man, you know? Yep. UAB, who I think also finished 8 and 4, but, you know, it's UAB, it's Conference USA team. Georgia Tech, who was awful, you know, <laughs> they were awful this year. And then Charleston Southern, who's an FCS team. So it's like, yeah, Georgia dominated everybody and everything. But then when they really played like a really a, a team that you knew was still really, really good, they just they, they just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, um, you know, it's like, I think they said Kirby Smart's 0-4 uh, at Georgia versus Alabama now uh, because mm-hmm. Saban, Saban doesn't lose to his assistant. It wasn't, when they, wasn't it when they lost to Texas A&M earlier this year and you know, first time. Jim as a coach, coach, that was the first time he lost yep. one of his four assistants. So it's like, yep. you know, you, you have to, I, I said this to my dad a couple of years ago, uh, you know, somewhat begrudgingly, but I've kind of grown to respect the guy. I said, like, I said, don't you really kind of have to think that maybe Saban's the greatest of all time? You have to. Like, mm-hmm. so like you know, I know, I know people want to say like Bear Bryant and all these other guys from back in the day and everything, but I say, it's harder to do it now. Yep. You know, you can't you can't have 130 scholarship players anymore. And, you know, just constantly like reloading like that. And the competition level has been raised and everything. So and, and, and not just the players, the coaches he goes through like every two or three years, 
they do very well. They go on to other jobs. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, he's replacing them, but he just, he is like that perfect f- football CEO coach. That's what yeah, he does. Like, and it's like, he's, um, he's an he's analogous in a lot of ways to Belichick like that. Yes, you know, correct. Because Belichick doesn't, tends to not lose to his former assistants. Um, and for as much as Alabama wins, which, you know, <laughs> at the time, you know, it's one of the things I'm not a Bama fan. So it's like, God damn, I need somebody else to win. Or why can't we be, you know, somebody beat this team. Then you have to give him respect. I, I, I really think he is the greatest college football coach, honestly. Yeah. And, and, and for me, I, it's, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. And, and, and for me, it's like whenever they, um, somebody other than Alabama seems to win recently, it's, Somebody who's co- somebody who's got a coach who I just who I like truly despise, like <laughs> Ed o- like like Ed Orgeron or or Davo Swinney, you know. It's like God damn it, you know. It's like can we have somebody win who has a coach that I don't hate? It, but, so it's like this here, like if Michigan fucking wins, I'm like God damn it, fucking Harbaugh, you know. So that's yeah. that's not that, that's not going to be entertaining if uh, if Michigan won. I mean, because I don't want Michigan to win anyway, but yeah, but yeah. Harbaugh. Maybe we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how Georgia stacks up against Michigan. Michigan uh, come on, just run all over them. To be honest with you, and yeah, just dominate the shit out of them. That's that's the thing. I mean, I I still think pretty strongly that you you it, and it should be obvious. I think you have to make Michigan's quarterback beat you. Throw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so that with this, that means you have to stop their running game. But as people have found out this year, well, that's actually a little easier said than done. But hey, of um, all things, I mean, I may not be a Michigan fan by any means, but the one thing I can say is thank God they beat Ohio State. Yeah, that's all that mattered. <laughs> I just, I, I just worry. I, I just worry because I feel like, like, so Cincinnati played. Georgia last year in the Peach Bowl, I think it was. Yeah, I know it was a close game. Yeah, it was Georgia won 24-21. It was a close game the whole time. So I think, I I think it came down to a last second field goal. Yeah. And I mean Cincinnati can hang with the the big teams. I just worry now. I feel like, you know, for all the griping and talking, like you're not letting us give us an opportunity. We're trying to schedule better you know, um, non-conference games. We're doing what you're asking. And I feel like they're just kind of like stepping on the throat of Cincinnati by being like, well, you went undefeated when your conference, but we're just not going to move you up. We're going to keep you at four. You're going to have to face Alabama. Have fun. And I feel like, <laughs> I just kind of just kind of feel like it's really biased and they're doing it on purpose. As kind of, that's, I could be wrong, but that's just my feeling as being a fan look from the outside looking in, you know? It's kind of like, ah, have fun. You might score, I don't know, 70 points against them, but they're going to probably score 50. I, I don't know. I hope Cincinnati really gives them uh, a good game. I hope, it make, I hope they make it tough for them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. It's just frustrating and to see that. I, I think along those lines, it's one of those things where they, they look for reasons to nitpick. So the American wasn't a tremendously strong conference this year. Uh, no. The, Sports reference system had them ranked well six, though. So the best of the non-power five conferences, but that wasn't saying a lot. 
but then you like their schedule it's like okay so their conference games were temple central florida navy tulane tulsa south florida smu east carolina and then they played houston in the championship game well they struggled with navy they struggled with tulsa um yeah. And then their non their non conference games were Miami, Ohio, Murray State, who's FCS, Indiana, and Notre Dame. So Notre Dame by far is their best win there. And there was um, there was a one female reporter for ESPN whose name is escaping me. I was briefly flipping over to the to the selection show as they call it this afternoon when the Giants game was on. Mostly because I wanted to see where Notre Dame and Penn State were going. Um, but they delayed that shit for so long in that fucking broadcast. But she was saying, what if Notre Dame had fallen on its face the way Indiana did? Because Indiana was like, you know, kind of competitive last year and everything. And I think people expected them to be good again this year. And then they went yeah. two and two. Um, so they were like, what if Notre Dame had also fallen on its face the way Indiana did? Cincinnati would really have nothing to hang its hat on and might not even have made it as an undefeated team. So, yeah, it's uh, – so that's why joining the Big 12 will help Cincinnati if they maintain this level of, uh, of yes. quality. And since it sounds like any of the schools that Fickle supposedly would be interested in joining didn't open up, because that was the funny thing, too, about Notre Dame hiring Freeman so quickly. Earlier that day, when they hired Freeman, I was seeing stories that said that they were going to wait until Cincinnati season was over to hire Fickle. But then they're like, oh, no, we're hiring Freeman. But they're like, no, we're hiring Freeman. I think because they got the sense that Freeman's very popular with the current roster and with the incoming recruits. So, but yeah. I, just, well, I just found it funny. So, yeah, it's like... Well, Cincinnati also joining the Big 12 will probably help them with recruiting, too. You know, we're hey, this is the conference we're in. We're a better conference. You're gonna have, gonna get more TV time. All these things that go along with being in a better conference. The TV time will help. Playing teams from Texas will help, even though it's not going to be the two biggest Texas schools anymore, since Texas and Texas A&M will be in the SEC. But it will still open up some some geographic areas where, yeah, you know, we might be able to say. Oh, this this looks like a good place. I mean, you, you still got to realize that you're still going to be going to Cincinnati and freezing your ass off in the winter. But you know, can't you can't you can't really trust those uh, Midwest cities that are that close to rivers? Trust me, I spent two winters at Notre Dame, <laughs> so I can tell you. Ah, uh, yes, yes. But um, so, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Obviously, I'm going to root for Cincinnati out of those four teams, but. Yeah, uh, which absolutely. is ironic since they, since they beat Notre Dame and I usually refuse to root for teams that beat my teams. But <laughs> when the other three are Alabama, Georgia, and Michigan, it's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to bring something up that you guys talked about a couple weeks ago. And we really talk about it on the, uh, the watch party for the pay-per-view Survivor Series. So mm-hmm. um, Mr. Scotty Pippen. <laughs> he 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 is very lucky i did not go outside and pull cleveland on his basketball jerseys because i had the temptation to do so but then i was like wait i spent money on them so no i'm not going to do that <laughs> um but since then i've read more about what he's had to say i've read more about what the ex-players have had to say who played with them and to be honest with you, I have no idea what this motherfucker is trying to do, period. I publicity. feel like he's, I feel like, like yes, I feel like I can tell you one thing he's trying to do, and that's sell books, you know, but yeah, I mean, 
I get him trying to sell books, but he's doing it in the most unprofessional, idiotic manner. Um, I've read multiple ex NBA players like questioning his questioning him. Period. In, in regards to his remarks, and if like he legitimately had something against Jordan or really felt that way, some players said they they didn't know. Like he legitimately kept it inside, but mm-hmm. you, you know. It's funny, like Charles Oakley made a comment. He was interviewed the other day and he was like, you know, when Pippa came into the league, all he talked about was wanting to be like Mike, being better than Mike, you know, this, that, and the next thing. And he was like, listen, he was a very good player. And he goes, but at the same time, half those fools that Jordan played with didn't know how to shoot or do anything else. <laughs> he goes, they were lucky they were on an NBA team, um, you know, in certain contexts. But it's, it's it's very frustrating because I've defended him so many times for mm-hmm. being the player, being like one of the original point forwards and all the stuff he did, passing, rebounding, defending. And it's kind of like, he's like, well, I took on all the, the great players from the other teams. Yeah, you did. Not all the time. No, you didn't do that all the time. And it's kind of like, you didn't win an NBA defensive player of the year. You were a great defensive player, but you didn't win that. And it just, there's this random stuff. I just read into it. And I'm kind of like taking a step back. I'm like, all right. Cause he really pissed me off. I was like, dude, you're just, you're, you're digging yourself a hole in the NBA community period um, by trying to sell this book. But I still, you know, just take a step back and listen, reading everything that people said and, and people that have been interviewed that played on the team, played with Pippen on other teams. I, I just really don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like he's going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like, I just don't get his mindset and what he's really trying to accomplish. Besides selling a book, I feel like there's something else going on. And he's just, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think he needs to, you know, figure out what's going on with stuff. Because he's he's making himself look pretty shitty right now. Well, one of the things... Not, but it is easy to go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. They're delicious. Yes, I, you know, well, you know, I know. So here's some the one thing: like when I look back at the Last Dance, okay, they supposedly Scottie Pippen made a comment that he didn't like the light that he was shown in, like he didn't like the way that he was portrayed in the Last Dance, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because it was just an interview process, and they asked him questions, and maybe they edited stuff that he didn't like the way that they edited out, like maybe it's some comment that he made or something. I, I think saying. they were still he he was still pissed off that they keep talking about the whole timeout not going in the game, the Ku coach game winner, but. Speaking well, of that point, the thing about that is, is that when he acted like that, Bill Cartwright and a lot of the other Bulls like laid into him after the game. And and I went back and I, I found game footage of that game. Mm-hmm. And before Kukoc had that game winner, Pippen had two chances to win the game and he failed both times. Mm-hmm. So Phil yeah. Jackson then went ahead and it was like, Kukoc has an opportunity. So they wanted to use Pippen as the decoy, give it to Ku coach for him to be a winning shot. Let's give the other guy who has a hot hand get an opportunity since my star player just missed two in a row. I mean, you know, you want to go to your star player, but Ku coach was in his own groove at that time. He was coming into his own player. So I, I see why, you know, Phil Jackson will give him opportunity. And he's still, he's never going to live that down. And I don't think he ever wants to see that shit on TV again. It's kind of like, dude, you did it. You know, it's only going to be talked about unless it's brought up because you're bringing it up or 
you know, whatever the case may be. But that was kind of as part of the story in regards to a lot of other shit that, you know, happened between Pippen and the organization. Yeah. I'm sorry, calling Phil Jackson racist was pretty, pretty kind of dumb at the same point, too. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's sad. <laughs> so here's yeah so he, here's... he called them racist in his book he said the reason why phil jackson went to coup coach because he's being racist and people are like what the fuck are you talking about yeah and so here's my other thing with the last dance and maybe this is you know my my own view maybe this is what another thing that maybe pissed off scotty pippen the last dance if you i i thought it was a great piece of you know film work and storytelling for that entire season but the one thing that was was interesting and for me was they it at times felt it was like the michael jordan story about the bulls season yeah it was but you got to kind of look at it like this too michael jordan made the bulls what they were whether anybody else wants to admit that Michael Jordan, if it wasn't for Michael Jordan, the Bulls would not have become the team that they were and would not have become the dynasty that they became during that time period. Mm-hmm. So you have to highlight in a story about the Bulls, you have to highlight the player that made the Bulls the Chicago Bulls. And that was Michael Jordan. Hence why he had the most airtime out of anybody during that entire, you know, 10 part series. So maybe he's pissed off about that. Maybe he wanted more airtime like Jordan got. You know, I don't know. And, just... and listen, if, if it was the last dance and they're like, hey, Pippen, let's do this, it would have been the Pippen story. I mean, planes, I mean, really, roles would have been reversed. I don't think Jordan would have given two shits, to be honest with you, because I have not heard anything that he's commented about anything Pippen said. I think he's just, he's letting it go. And if he's saying anything, He's only saying it to his close friends and family, and it's not been come out to anybody else. So it's it's just a shame. It's very sad to see that have to come down like that. So it is what it is. I mean, it just it just really reeks of jealousy, unfortunately. It does. And it sucks because I'm like, you know, I, you know, I, like I said, I've defended him, you know, I picked the jerseys and I was like, I don't even want to fucking put him on because I just feel like he's just, in a sense, I feel like he's embarrassing himself with regards to his remarks and stuff like that. It's like, this is how you really, truly feel. Then why were you buddy, buddy with, you know, Jordan and Jordan's already said multiple occasions, you know, he couldn't have done a lot of stuff without Pippen. Like, and other people, like he made a comment. He didn't like that. Jordan called team role players well that's how the fuck that's how shit was set up in the 80s and 90s you had your star players and then you had your role players and everyone knew their role to play mm-hmm. if it was a star player on that team but jordy even said he did stuff he wouldn't have been able to do without pippen vice right. versa so like he's given pippen his credit like i just don't understand it just has to be true jealousy at this point because it just makes no sense in regards to the rest of it so it, it's, it is what it is. Uh, it just, it frustrates me. And it's just sad that he's gone down this, uh, this path. So he can live in whatever bed he's created for himself. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. bitter, bitter, bitterness does not age well. No. Yeah. I can tell you from personal experience. <laughs> so it yeah. gives you wrinkles. 
but I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like you know, unless you can like right the wrongs or however you feel like you've been wronged, yeah. um, what are you what are you supposed to do? What are you gonna do? Did you like that little post I put up there on our Facebook page with the uh, the LeBron <laughs> picture? That was oh, awesome. thirty-six year old and his seventeenth season as leading team with one of the best records in the league, including sixteen game winning streak. His name is Chris Paul. This is just a random picture of LeBron James. <laughs> one of my friends posted that in a, in a group chat. I was like, "Dude, I'm using this," and I posted that on a Facebook page, and he liked it right away. He wrote back. He goes, "Well played. That was good." <laughs> he goes, "I figured oh. you were going to do that." I was like, "Oh, hell yeah, it was." And it's you know, you know, which which makes me think. Okay, I got to take. I got to. So let's switch. We'll switch gears here and go to the NBA. So I'm gonna look up Lakers. Oh, we'll just look up and you know, I'm just gonna look at uh, standings, NBA standings, because I'm pretty sure the Lakers are down near the bottom of the barrel when it comes to win loss record, which is just yeah, they're, they're just having a bad. I knew they were gonna have a bad season. It has nothing to do with injuries. This team they yeah. assemble with these 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 players, it's not going to work. The the Knicks have created pretty good, so you know, it's not good. Oh, did you see? Yeah, so so. I love the fact that Zach Levine walked up to Stephen A. Smith because Stephen A. Smith is a is a Knicks fan. He walked up. He was like, "I know you got. I know you want us to lose tonight, but it's not going to happen." <laughs> and then he went out, had a good game, and the Bulls beat the Knicks. Yeah, Not so against you, bad Knicks. I was just I was just cool because it's funny because someone actually walked up to Stephen A. Smith and was like, "Yeah, this isn't happening tonight, buddy. I know what you want." I thought it was funny. Sorry for Smith, I'd probably say something to him like. You know, I like you, but you know you're an asshole, right? <laughs> but yes, the Lakers, he can't the Lakers, be. He can't the Lakers be. are 12 and 12, so they're finally at yep. 500. The last time I looked, which was probably a couple days ago, and they play games almost every day anymore, um, they were down like near the Rockets, like number 13 or 12 or 13 they were. So they've won a couple games here to bring themselves into kind of a respectable record at this point in time. But, you know, you got the Suns and the Warriors up at 19 and four. So those those teams are just dominating right now the West. And you know, that doesn't make sense to me either. And this kind of this this is ridiculous. So LeBron made a comment about how the COVID protocol is bad. Okay, if the protocol is so bad, how did you get tested positive and then are able to play like three or four days later? When all these other players are having to sit out like nine, 10, 11 days, but you're, you, you came back in three to four days. I was like, what is that shit about? Dude, that guy, I'm telling you right now, LeBron's turned into just the person that just, he wants to find something to bitch about. Last year, he bitched about the playoff setup. This year, he's t- bitching about COVID protocols. He just wants to bitch <sighs> about something. He has nothing better to do because right now his team's not doing well. So he's got to find something to put himself in the in, in the spotlight for something. I was just baffled by it. I'm like, dude, you just got, I guess he passed three tests that were, you know, negative. Okay, great. You don't have it anymore. But it's like, why is everyone else having to sit out longer? Because I've read some other players who also tested negative and like, three times within like four or five days, but they still had to sit out the full like nine, 10 days, whatever the case may be, whatever their pro call is. I'm like, why are these players having to sit out while he gets to go back like that? It just, it didn't make sense. I was just kind of like, yeah, there is something messed up. I mean, (laughs) they want you back on the court sooner than later. 
So for me, you know, with with what the way the NBA is kind of going, like as much as I respect LeBron and, and you know he's he's by far one of the greatest players to ever play the game. You know, I don't know where I personally am going to rank him, you know, when it comes down to it all. And, you know, is he number one, number two, number three, you know, where is he? Um, there comes a point in time in everybody's career, and, and I don't know if this is the time in LeBron's, it feels like it's getting there, where he's just got to say, you know what? I've had my time. I've done it good. Had a hell of a run. But it's time for me to, to hang up my shoes and call it a day. Because where his where he's taking himself right now, and this is what happens to some guys that just stay in the league too long. Yep. Um, and I'm not going to say it's not his personal performance because I don't I haven't taken a look at his stats, but I don't think his stats are probably that bad. You know, he has he's not been, that bad. You know, he's having injury problems, which is keeping him off the court. But when he's on, he's you know I think he's still playing at a very high level. That's the age catch. But, but what's happening now is it's not the physical portion of the game. It's his attitude towards everything. And he's going to, whether people agree with me or not, he's going to stain his career with the actions, his, his mouth, his voice is is going to stain his career in how people look back on his career. And as a, as a whole, not just the stats and what he did as a player, but the whole tire, his whole career, like everything that, Everybody always looks at when they look at a career. What kind of person were they? What kind of athlete were they? They look at all those different things. So that's, I think, going to hurt him in the long run. And he, you know, he could do himself a favor and get out of it and then and then say all these things that he wants to because it's not going to, they're not going to look at it as part of his career anymore. They will look at him as yeah. LeBron, the person. Okay. Type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, kind of like with Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley got himself in a lot of trouble after his career was over with his gambling problems. <laughs> Uh, you know, I used to hate Barkley, but as time went on, I started to understand that man, and I like him. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I like Barkley. I'm not gonna lie, I definitely do. Yeah, but I, I, I totally get what you mean about Le- 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 LeBron. I mean, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that somebody I despise had already said it, um, I would be at the point where I would be saying to LeBron, "Dude, just shut up and dribble." But, you know, yeah. somebody, somebody who I love beat me to that. So I'm not Just saying like, that. Listen, I, 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 but I mean, I did, I did say to my dad, because my dad's always been a big fan of LeBron, mostly because of the fact that he goes all out to play for like the Olympics and shit. And, you know, he yes, was doing which that is... at a time where, and he was doing that at a time where like a lot of guys were, I don't want to say breaking down, but like putting it at a distance, like Tim Duncan, most notably. You know, it was like refusing to play for like the Olympic Games and shit because he didn't like the FIBA rules. But I, I said to my dad a couple of weeks ago, I said, so, hey, you starting to uh, dislike LeBron yet? And he's like, huh? And I'm like, you know, because he's becoming a bit of a crybaby bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he doesn't seem like, you know, he's had a lot going on, of course, with, you know, moving and everything. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think he's missed a lot of the stuff that's happened recently, but I was just saying to him, I'm like, dude, the bastard just, he uh, he keeps talking, and the more he does, the less popular he's making himself. So, yeah, and I get you know everyone has you know it's not you don't want to have your athletes or you know people in higher levels not talk about things that are on their mind and all that stuff, political wise or not. But you know it's just it's just uh, I just feel sometimes they don't 
take they don't take a step back and like think about how they want to go about it. they just go kind of go crazy and they're like this that and they just start going going nuts and speaking their mind which is fine but sometimes they don't do it in the proper manner and then some people are going to be like well what's the proper manner so you know it's like no matter what you say anymore these days it's uh you know everyone has their opinion and they all think it's the the be all end all opinion but i understand it's he has he has legit gripes with certain stuff and other stuff it's kind of like uh okay buddy i don't know if that's really the right way to go about it but you know whatever yeah but the, you do kind of bring up a good point there though which is you know uh if if not now when uh if not this then how kind of so that is something that a lot of people have to uh have to have to figure out for themselves in a lot of ways and it's not always going to be easy or necessarily popular to do so so some people just want to hold on to what has made them who they are you know and and we see it a lot more in wrestling like wrestlers want to hold on to that limelight they want to hold on to the you know the the fantasy that there's some still something special um yeah like 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 some yeah i mean some people can't move beyond and i'm not saying this is lebron just you know but some people can't move beyond the spotlight flair um, <laughs> you know, so, so, so some, some people some people get 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 too addicted to that stuff they can't find themselves outside of of the wrestling industry then you look at somebody like rick martell who has has both um seemingly just moved on past the industry because he was able to be successful in life outside of wrestling he he has a successful real estate uh uh company yeah it does as far as as i know but so yes it's not just that he was able to move on but he's also seemed like he's just like completely turned his back on wrestling too because it seems like he's rejected offers to be inducted into the wwe hall of fame he wouldn't uh, participate in the Dino Bravo Dark Side of the Ring episode, which a lot of people thought he would have because he was pretty close with Dino and everything. So they actually had to reuse like footage and quotes from like an old RF shoot video and everything. Um, so yeah, you know, just there's there's a contrast and uh, this doesn't want is really want nothing to do with wrestling period right right so it's like he was able to move on and like he's quite content to just like, keep it at like an arm's distance and everything um but it was also uh as much as he's a blowhard idiot a lot of the times um you know yankees broadcaster michael k said it best when you know he said all athletes face two mortalities their real mortality but then also the mortality of their career and it's very hard to look down that barrel and realize that you're done. Yeah, so very true. That's why he sees that. That that's why you like you know the norm is the guy who hangs on way too long and is a shell of his former self. Like you know the best example I could think of right now uh, for somebody like that in baseball, just as an example. Would be like Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been. Um, a, yeah. yeah, he could retire. 
rare rare <clears throat> is the uh you know uh, got a little bit of stats real quick rare is the uh joe dimaggio who retires when he's only 36 and while his numbers weren't as good as the year before he was still productive to the point that when he decided to retire it was pretty shocking you know so it's uh so it's 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 a it's a very interesting uh thing to look at you know Mm -hmm. of course real quick here you guys know i'm letting our fans know please watch out tuesday or wednesday for our Facebook page and Instagram because I have to travel to Las Vegas, Sin City for work. Going for work. Going for work. But I'm going to I'm definitely going to venture out places and uh, see, see what I can find. So um, go, go, you'll go get pictures of Allegiant Stadium. Um, well, you had a Death Star. I am going to, um, I probably am, to be honest with you, really am, um, but I'm going to go, you know, to uh, Fremont and uh, do some zip lining and uh, just uh, go some other places, but I might throw up some live videos on our Facebook page or Instagram, be like, hey, to, folks, I'm in go Vegas. To, go to Hell's Kitchen. Tell me, he didn't just say that. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember which, which one of the very uh, huge uh, casino hotels the uh, the Hell's Kitchen restaurant is located in. Actually, I, I think it's out. a separate building from everything. I don't think it's part of one of the the uh, casinos. I want I want to say Caesars, but that sounds hmm. wrong too. So I can ask my I'll parents. And find my out. parents were out there not too long ago. It'll be my first time, even though it's for work, but. You know, definitely want to go zip lining. And then um some of the co-workers at the Vegas office want to do a um uh an escape room, but it's it's a Alice in Wonderland escape escape room. No fucking thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, woo, Alice in Wonderland. And I'm like, hmm, I yeah, might have to watch the movie as I'm flying out well. there. Oh, that's, exactly, that, that's exactly why I wouldn't do it because Alice in Wonderland is fucking trippy <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you really think about it you know and it's yeah, like yeah, if, it if, if, you watch, if you watch versions of Alice in Wonderland that aren't the Disney cartoon I mean shit even the Disney cartoon mm-hmm. is can be somebody was frick- tripping on acid when they made that <laughs> yeah. I mean there, there, are, there are many other yeah. moments from Disney that are Better examples of like you know somebody was tripping when they made this shit. The Hoofalumps from the, uh, Winnie the Pooh. The Hoofalumps <laughs> from Winnie the Pooh. The pink elephants yeah, on parade segment from Dumbo. Uh, yeah. yeah, but Some interesting stuff going on there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna uh, go out there. No way you could, no uh, you could watch me into something where there was like it was Alice in Wonderland themed. I would start flipping out pretty quick. Yeah, uh, well, I'm, we're gonna see. Uh, we're supposed to go. Um, I think Tuesday night for that one. So uh, we'll see. Maybe uh, while I'm in there, I'll, I'll, I'll hop on uh, Facebook or shoot a video for Facebook uh, or Instagram for that. That that should be interesting. But uh, I think biggest part for me is three hour time difference. Getting used to that that's gonna be a little mm-hmm. weird. How long are you going out there for? Uh, three and a half days technically. Okay. Yeah. So wait, we'll is, it, is it Pacific time zone in Vegas? 
Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, it was yeah, coast high. Yeah, they yeah. Asked, they're three hours behind. No, oh, okay. For some reason, I guess I thought that would still be mountain, but yeah. yeah, no, it's west. Yeah, it's west coast. So yeah, it's going to be a uh, the fun time because my flight leaves tomorrow at seven a.m. It starts boarding at six twenty, but it's like there's a three hour time difference. Like I leave at seven a.m. and I get in Vegas at nine thirty, but it's really like a five hour flight per se. It's mm-hmm. going to be like fuck. So I have my tablet ready. Got some, you know, shows and a movie to. Uh, I've downloaded a bunch of stuff so maybe we're, you'll be lucky, you'll, maybe we're, you'll be lucky and you'll be on one of those flights where somebody gets kicked off for being ignorant with the masks That'd oh be god awesome. i can't, can't. <laughs> i will lose my shit i will not sit person. next to this person they are not vaccinated <laughs> oh i will lose my shit i'll be like get the fuck off this plane asshole i'm trying to go somewhere where where are you uh flying out of uh the local airport by us raleigh oh, okay. Okay, I'm taking uh, flying through Delta. Yeah, so it's it's, it's like so nothing. It's a nonstop flight you... out there, but on the way home, I kind of stop in um, Atlanta for like an hour and twenty minute layover. Yeah, it's just like I, I'm like hearing from people who have been flying. It's like um, like our local airport, which is you know. Yeah, I still call it Allentown or ABE, even though it's officially like, you know, Lehigh Valley International now. Still got it the uh, like, call sign of ABE when you look it up, though. Yeah, it, it seems like um, uh, it, it doesn't really seem to matter, um, but that uh, like it's uh, flying out of Allentown trying to is like just like too expensive anymore. Well, it was funny. Um, Speaking of uh, our local airport, the uh, TSA seized uh, somebody's gun that they were trying to get on the plane. <laughs> well, all I can say to that is thank you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, really. Douchebag first off, and thank you for them finding that. Jesus Christ. He had, I guess it went through the scanner and they like seized it. <laughs> Why the hell are like, some bitch trying to bring a fucking gun on the plane in the first place? You know? Well, I, I believe he had a carry permit, but I that doesn't matter. Like, carry That's permits don't allow you to that. carry it on the plane. No. No. You can only no. carry on the plane if you're uh, law enforcement, I believe. Yeah, like law enforcement. Right, marshal right. Or something like that. Right. That, that's agent. A, and that, that's a whole different ballgame. And even then, but, like, so here's the thing with guns. You don't want them to have to fire the gun because if it freaking hits the plane, you punch a hole in the plane and now it depressurizes <laughs> and all kinds of problems for everybody. <laughs> but there is, there is something where you, I see, I don't know if they changed this rule too. There used to be where you can, if you had a firearm and you had a permit to carry or whatever, that you could travel with it on an airplane, but there's a specific, you had to like, I think you have to like keep it locked up in a, in like a, a case or whatever the case may be and i'm not sure like all the rules but there was mm-hmm. something where you can technically fly with it per se that's probably definitely changed but and there was somewhere overall with that uh, as far as traveling is concerned you gotta like let them know that you have it and all that shit my biggest thing tomorrow is like i gotta get up at 4 30 in the morning to make sure because our airport's been pretty busy like seven days a week mm. so the only thing that's kind of saving me is i i applied for tsa pre-check two years ago Ooh, nice. So that was 85 bucks well spent. So TSA pre-check, that line shouldn't be long. Don't really got to do much. 
don't even have to take off my shoes, just take my bags, throw them on the thing, and just walk on through. So but, please, right. but please do take off your shoes. <laughs> you want to smell my stinky fitties at the 4.30 in the morning? I, I, like the aer- <laughs> I like the airports that have like the body scanners where you have to put your arms up and you like this. And they're like, don't move. Oh, <laughs> and it like scans yeah, your yeah. body and checks the heat images and all that stuff. Some people yeah. are like, I don't want to go through that. That's too invasive. You can see me. I'm like, I'm like, you can't see it. It's not a so fucking x-ray. <laughs> people are so dumb with that shit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you just say what I think you just said? Did what? you just say... <laughs> <laughs> You can't see me. No, I did not say that. Oh, okay. My mistake. (laughs) I said they don't want them to see them, so Yeah. It's just so it's it's funny. Like we did that though when they was like were brand new, like to most airports. And of course my oldest daughter, she decides to like wiggle. They're like, Don't dance in there. So they had to wander. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it messes things up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, go I remember, that. I mean, I don't think people are that big on. It's I don't think it's that big a deal anymore because they're more commonplace. But I remember when they first came out, people were like, "That's so invasive. I don't want people to be able to see me like that." And I was like, "It, it, it just I just thought about. It. I'm like, it, it's not like they can see. It's not like they're taking a inf not." They're not taking an x-ray picture of you, you know? It's not like the, the men there can see your goodies or anything like yeah, that. It's, it's like, like it's like x-ray vision where it's going to be like, ooh, I take your clothes off and I see what you have underneath. <laughs> I see that birthmark right there around the top of your coochie. Come on now, people. Like, Silliness. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the NFL because the NFL has been freaking batshit the last couple of weeks <laughs> teams considering the fact that the nfc is horrible just in general and the nfc has all these losing record teams that are still in the fight for the seventh playoff spot the eagles the eagles are right now in the seventh spot because with the six and seven record <laughs> it was funny when i saw that before the week started i'm like oh the bears have a chance i'm fucking really get out of here with that shit <laughs> yeah how about the bears didn't they lose they lost this week again right well they played arizona they were at full strength they weren't they weren't fucking beating them and dalton threw four picks what the fucking whatever <laughs> i mean they, they they wanted that six that 17th game so badly and this is what you get <laughs> so i mean uh, even without the 17th game the nfc just bad this year well i'm just saying there's just, there's just yeah there's just a shit ton of mediocrity well it well so there's two things that are going on one you got the 17th game which i don't think really hurts people as far as like extending the season or you know record wise what's really what's really making it interesting is the fact that they had the seven team playoff still they didn't change it back to six teams like they had before so you're allowing an extra team in there which is not necessarily a good thing because you're allowing teams with well, at least in the NFC you're allowing a team with a pretty crappy record to be eligible for the playoffs with having seven teams instead of six. So, but I understand why they wanted to do it because they only want to give one team a bye. 
Yeah, in all likelihood, that's where you guys going. are actually in eighth spot, not seventh spot. Oh, they moved us back to the eighth spot. Somebody must have won that was ahead of us. Did Washington no, win? No, it's the 49ers <laughs> lost, but they're six and six. But if Washington won, Washington, I think, is ahead yeah. of us. Washington so. beat Washington beat the Raiders. Okay, yeah. that's why. Because Washington moved back into the seventh spot, I bet you. Because I think Washington's six and six. Hold on. I just had it up. Yeah, our the Eagles uh, buy is this is this next is this week coming up. So, so they'll get back on track with their Washington's in the sixth spot. San Francisco's in the seventh spot. How did San Francisco get in the seventh spot? Did they win today? They lost, but they were six and five and they lost and they're six and six now. They've had their they haven't had they've had their bye week already. Yeah. So they're a game behind. So Washington yeah, wins the tiebreaker over San Francisco based on percentage of conference games. And yeah, San Francisco lost to uh the Seahawks. Seattle. Oh my god, and Seattle's terrible. So so this is this this is ridiculous. So Washington, six and six. San Fran, six and six. Eagles six and seven, Minnesota five and seven, Carolina five and seven, Atlanta five and seven, New Orleans five and seven, Giants four and eight, Bears four and eight, Seattle four and eight. And the funny thing is, is they every single one of those teams I mentioned, that's teams ranked six through fifteen still have a chance to make the playoffs. I so, think, I, and I and I think except like, for the uh, Lions who are one and ten. Don't ruin it. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, and I think in that group you just like listed there about like all those teams that are like five and seven and four eight and four and eight, like at least one team is beating one of the other teams at least once or twice in there, you know. So big news in the NFL today. Big big news. <laughs> <laughs> the Detroit Lions get their first win of the season with Jared Goff as the quarterback. They beat in great fashion, I watched the end of this game. It was freaking fantastic. I laughed so hard. But they beat the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. It was awesome. Last play of the game, four seconds left, throw to the end zone, wide open catch, touchdown, dun-dun-dun. And Detroit was the first He one. was legit wide open. I didn't see the play. He was oh, yeah, really he was legit wide open. Wide open. <laughs> it, That's um, hilarious. I mean, it was it was good that the Lions had already avoided the possibility of going 0 and 17 after having been the first team to go 0 and 16 a few years mm-hmm. back. Um, but now they also don't have to worry about going 0 16 and one. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so, 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 so good, so good, so good, so good, so good for them. And and what's got to be the um, the best description of a pyrrhic victory that there ever could be. Um, but also <laughs> Minnesota, you people fuck. Um, I know uh, they are I, the whiniest bunch of fans ever, too. Well, I love making fun of Kirk Cousins because he went to Michigan State, he played for Washington, now he plays for Minnesota. Uh, he was also one of these idiots who like didn't want to get himself, you know, vaccinated for dumb reasons. You know, the way he was talking was stupid about it. Um, and I still hold grudges against the Vikings for that 1997 divisional playoff game against the Giants where the Giants melted down and Randall fucking Cunningham beat the Giants again. 
Um, <laughs> so I, I don't think I've ever like given uh, uh, forgiven the Vikings for that bullshit. And um, the Brett Favre stuff probably played into that a bit. And uh, <laughs> there's other reasons I think too. Oh, um, oh yes. Oh 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 oh. Of course. Uh, jump starting the Cowboys dynasty with the Herschel Walker trade. You know, shit like mm-hmm. that. So, so um, Minnesota is one of those teams that I don't necessarily hate, but I do take a perverse pleasure in seeing them when they like really fall on their fucking faces. So I didn't get to see what happened in the Giants game. How did the Giants fare today? Uh, they suck. And, um, oh, yeah, they suck. <laughs> and when they, well, got a cushion, done, right? when they get done sucking, guess what? They suck. <laughs> <laughs> So they're playing without Daniel Jones today. They're playing without Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard again. Uh, so Mike Glennon's in at quarterback. In the first half, things weren't going so horribly wrong, other than the fact that um, they're not scoring points. You know, fire the offensive coordinator. Nothing improves about the offensive output. Uh, they lost. They lost twenty to nine. Um, I mean, the Dolphins have been playing a lot better. Yeah. And they're on like a five or six game win streak now, which, you know, hey, good for them. Uh, six and seven now. Yeah. Yeah. So good for them. Um, I was not one of these people saying that, you know, I, I, they definitely need to change their GM this offseason. They need to force Gettleman out one way or t'other. Um, I think they're going to allow him the respectful, uh, clean death uh option if you will of a retiring rather than being fired (laughs) um but i was not somebody who was saying well they also need to fire joe judge because no i think that would be a mistake give him more time they can't can't keep firing and hiring new coaches every two years fuck that they need to fire joe judge um (laughs) I am becoming more and more convinced now as I watch him coach. He doesn't have what it takes to be an NFL head coach. One of the biggest complaints about them this year is conservative, conservative, conservatism on fourth downs. Mm -hmm. There was like a fourth down back in the Washington games. We're talking about the final second game of the season where like all like the statistical probabilities and shit show that if they punted rather than going for it on fourth down, it would drastically reduce their chances of winning the game. There was a situation like that in the game at one point today. They were at the Miami 46-yard line. It was fourth and three or four. They were losing – I think they were losing 10-3 to three at that point, and he punted. Wow. And That's and, unusual and, anymore. And it was and, and, and the punt was a fucking touchback. So you gain <laughs> twenty fucking yards of field position. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I just don't think he has what it takes to be an NFL head coach. Uh, I mean, I like the defensive coordinator. I mean, the defense sucked ass at the beginning of the year. Um, they've come along again. They're still not getting enough of a pass rush, unfortunately. And they only gave up twenty points. It's like you know you should be able to win in the NFL, even giving up 20 points in this yeah. day and age. Um, and then the defense was without some guys in the secondary too. Like Peppers has been out. Uh, the Dory Jackson was out today. Somebody 
somebody else, I can't remember who they said it was now, uh, uh, Darnay Holmes. Um, but, and the, th the thing of it too was, is that, um, so Freddie Kitchens, the former Browns head coach, is now the offensive coordinator calling the plays. I do actually like some of what he was doing with the play calling. Like he was trying to make sure they were actually getting the ball to Kenny Galladay. It's like they spent all that money on him and it seemed like that. Uh, uh, yeah. It seemed like even like uh, he missed a couple of games and he got hurt a little today. Well, against the Eagles, Galladay, he had a good game right. against the Eagles. Right. So it's like, you know, you spent all this money on him. Hey, yeah, maybe we should use them. Um, <laughs> like I don't think he has a touchdown this year. I, I don't remember, but uh, so it just, just a it's just so hard to evaluate shit right now because they have no fucking offensive line. They, they, they just don't. I mean, Andrew Thomas has played a hell of a lot better this year than he did last year when people were already trying to label him a bust. Um, he's been by far their most competent offensive line. I mean, Will Hernandez was such a fucking disappointment. When they drafted him in the second round the year they drafted Barkley, it was like, oh, this guy's going to be plowing holes for Barkley for years. This guy, he can still road grade people and run blocking every once in a while. But when it comes to pass blocking, he 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 got made to look so horrible at one point today. He was coming out on like a pole, even though it was a pass play. All he has to really do is just like hit the guy so that the quarterback would have a few seconds to throw the ball. The guy basically made like one like instep on him and just like blew right by him. And he was like standing there and all of a sudden like, oh, what the hell happened? <laughs> Deer in headlights. What just happened? Yeah, he's he, got blown away. He is so terrible with, with everything. And yeah, Glennon supposedly got a concussion. Yep. So they go, out to, they, go out, they go out to play the Chargers next week. If Jones still can't play because there's speculation that he could be um, a bit more injured than just like it being like a muscular thing, they're worried about there being a nerve issue, which if, if you got a nerve issue in your neck, you shouldn't be taking a football, fucking football field. No. So if he can't play and if Glennon can't play because he's concussed, Jake from State Farm will be their quarterback next week. Hey, did you yes. just, did, did, did just need to call Philip Rippers? That's all. <laughs> so, moving but, but seriously, Jake Fromm, they signed Jake Fromm, the former Georgia quarterback, off the Bills practice squad uh, this week. So he, would, so, he would end up being their starting quarterback next week if both. Uh, uh Jones and Glennie can't play and this guy up till today had never dressed for an NFL game before so yeah. that goes to show you and just a real quick because we mentioned about it, the mock drafts earlier so anytime I'm seeing uh any mock draft right now where it has the Giants taking a quarterback and I don't give a fuck who it is I don't care if it's Malik Willis of Liberty or Kenny Pickett of Pitt or Matt Corral of Ole Miss or anybody what's the fucking point if you don't have a fucking competent offensive line, yeah, which they're still no not sense. going to because, because they're going to be pretty cap-strapped as far as I know uh, next year. So they're not going to be able to go out and make a lot of improvements in free agency or anything like that. So if you still are not going to have a fucking competent offensive line, what's the fucking point of taking a quarterback? And you know what? None of these quarterbacks who are coming out in next year's draft are as good as the ones that we were at the top of this past year's draft. No. So why fucking bothers so it's like anytime i read like a new mock draft and i every time i see that something pop in my newsfeed about you know updated mock draft blah, 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 i can't help but click on it because i want to see where people are having them lean so anytime i and i hadn't seen anybody having them take quarterbacks until like a week or two ago and, and it's just like okay i know jones 
sucked it up against Tampa and everything and played his worst game of the year. And he wasn't much better last week when you come right down to it. You know, the defense obviously won them that game last week and the Eagles stupid play calling. Um, <laughs> seriously. Uh, yeah. They were running ball, the ball in the Giants so easily, but they insisted on trying to pass the win. So, um, We'll talk about that in just a second. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so it's like, it's just, it makes no fucking sense for them to take a quarterback next year. None. No. I would rather them just go bring some veteran. If they're not sold on Jones, or they don't think Jones is the future. They they want to move on from him. Or I'd much rather them see them and sign Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tyrod Taylor. We'll trade you Nick Foles. Or, <laughs> yeah, but it's like I, I I'd rather them see them just have a guy come off of the scrap heap so that they can, you know, lose again. I mean, Andy Dalton will be a free agent because he only signed a one year contract with us, so you have have at it with him too. Yeah, that's possible and. There's, there was like mentions about, well, maybe Russell Wilson will still be dis, uh, disgruntled. Or, you don't want there's Russell no Wilson fucking anymore. Way. Or, or no maybe, fucking or way maybe, he's going to go to a team with no O-line. Or, or maybe or maybe the Sean Watson situation will be settled. Well, again, if they're cap-strapped, oh, they, they, they want to be able to afford to trade for either of those guys anyway. Yeah. So, okay, so guys, I'm going to sign off with you guys for this evening. You what? guys have at it. Yeah, I will. Got an early night. You know, he's got to be up at four. four well, I think four, we're, four we're dirty. Yeah, I think we're just going to make a little bit of point about uh, point about the Eagles, and I think we're going to call it a call it a, a night for our podcast, anyways. Because I just I got to talk oh, about the Eagles because okay. it was funny. He's leaving on a jet plane. <laughs> Eagles. All right, go. Now I'm leaving. All right, I'm leaving you guys. All right, enjoy your trip, Everybody. Joe. We'll see you when you get back. Pay attention to Facebook, Instagram, people. <laughs> I will be on there at some point. All right, fellas. You guys have a great night. And I'll talk to you later on in the week. All, All right. right. Peace. But, oh, my God. So, talking about the Giants, we have to take a step back to two weeks ago now when the Eagles and the Giants played. That game no, was – That was just last week. That was just last week. Okay. So, not two weeks ago. I, I, I gave myself too much time. Just last week. If you're listening to this sometime in the early later future, it could be two weeks ago from now. Um, but it was the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Yes, but that game was a freaking snooze fest. Like watching that was what like watching the, the the two moronic teams that don't know how to play offense take the field. Like I could not believe watching both sides of the ball, like how bad it was. Um, the Giants would start moving the ball, and then eventually they'd just shoot themselves in the foot somehow. Mm-hmm. Something would happen. The Eagles couldn't put together a game plan that would allow them to do anything to get the ball down the field. And a couple times they did, they shot themselves in the foot <laughs> somehow. The, yeah. But the most interesting thing about that game for the Eagles side of the ball was all of a sudden Jalen Hurts decides, you know what, I'm going to throw it to Jalen Rager because that's a good choice. Let me throw it to the guy that I've only targeted like six times in the entire season. Let me target him the most that day. And it was like watching, what was it, Unnecessary Roughness, where he's like, don't throw it to Stonehands. Yeah, Unnecessary Roughness, yeah. (laughs) Like, what the hell are they doing throwing to this guy? And And, of course, throw it to him on the last play of the game, and what does he do? Hits his hands, and it falls onto the ground right at the one yard line. Fantastic. 
Good idea. Well, um, you know, in terms of uh, why are they throwing it to Jalen Rager? Uh, I don't know if you remember the movie Airplane, but there was a scene where, uh, like, towards like the climax, they you know, the one character side character asks Robert Stack's character, the guy who's in charge, like, shouldn't we turn on the searchlights now? No. No, that's just what they'd be expecting us to do. <laughs> so throwing to Jalen Rager is just what they'd not be expecting them <laughs> to do. <laughs> now, Jalen Rager did have a target today, and he laughed when he caught the, when after the play because I think he was surprised that he even caught the ball. Um, but... um, <laughs> that's <so>. not good. <laughs> um, but it's just funny um, because today the Eagles went out and they played the Jets. And they decided to trade football. They decided to trade touchdowns with the Jets for the beginning of the game until they decided defense was an important thing to play during that game. Mm. Um, and the one thing that the Eagles have not been very successful with this year is being able to throw the ball consistently. Now, interestingly enough, Jalen Hurts did not play today. He's out with an ankle injury. I believe it might be as more severe, or they just were like, you know what, we're not taking the chance. We got the bye week coming up. We'll just play this game as is. It's only the Jets, and we'll take right. our chances. Right. Because <laughs> um, Gardner Minshew and Minshew Mania took over today for the yes, Eagles. The, 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 former, the former Jaguar. Yes. It, it took over. Gardner Minshew could actually throw the ball. They were able to move the ball through the air. They still had their run game. And he hit the tight ends. He hit other receivers. It was amazing to watch. And I'm not saying that Gardner Minshew is the answer to the Eagles' problems because that's that would be just ridiculous to say that. Yeah, but <laughs> the answer to the Eagles' problems, the answers to the Eagles' problems is more they need a quarterback that can actually throw the ball consistently and is not looking at one read and trying to throw it to that one read. And that's what I feel I notice when I watch Jalen Hurts quarterback. It's like whatever his first read is for that play, whatever it's supposed to be, that's the only read he sees. Like he does not go through a read. And when I was watching today with Gardner Minshew, you could see him look from one side of the field to the other side of the field. And he did it quick. Like as a quarterback in the NFL, you have to do it quick. You got to be like, okay, here's my first read. Boom. Okay, nothing there. Where's my next read? And he was finding the open guy. Now, was it always perfect? Did he always hit him? Not necessarily, but at least he was going through his read progression and being able to see and find an open guy, which allowed the Eagles to move the ball down the field through the air. Complete opposite of what they've been able to do with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. They've had to rely on the run to be able to move the ball. So it was a very interesting game, and they did win. They won in good fashion, but they didn't score any. I don't think they scored a single touchdown in the second half, but they controlled the clock. They got field goals and stuff like that, so it worked out well in their favor. Yeah, it's – um, I, I can tell you because, you know, because it's football season, it seems to happen the last – to me every year, the last couple of years, I get – kind of mini obsessed with playing the old NCAA football game on uh, the good old PS2. And I can tell you, it's, it's very hard even in that game to try to like go through progressions and make the right reads and everything. And that's something that Daniel Jones, I can tell you still definitely struggles with. He gets mm -hmm. locked down to the receiver and he has a tendency to stare down that one receiver. Like I remember losing the Kansas city game most recently where he so blatantly obviously did that, and the guy stepped in front of the round, you know, picked the ball off and everything. Um, so, you know, one of two things will happen uh, with Jalen Hurts. 
you'll either that's gonna sound very stupid but <laughs> one of two things will happen he'll either get better or he won't right if you he gets he... better if he gets better then he could be the quarterback for the team if he doesn't then eventually of course they'll have to move on and they'll have to go back to the drawing board or just you know figure out whatever it else there it is that they're that they're going to do so and, see, and, and that was and that was always the knock on you know, Carson Wentz, oh, he's – and not that he couldn't do read progressions. They wanted to say he couldn't read a defense. I don't know if that's true or not. He seems to be having a pretty good season out in Indianapolis. You know, the record doesn't necessarily reflect the greatest season. I mean, they are – it's a winning record right now, and I think they stomped whoever they played today. Um, um, Texans, they, they played were, the Texans. I think, I think they were playing Houston as one of the worst teams, teams in the league, but – Hey, which you, you're supposed to stomp those teams. So. Yeah, yeah. So I think they they went out and stomped the Texans, which is like you said, they should do that because they are that bad. Um, and he's having a good season, but when it comes down to it, when you when you really analyze, you know, the difference between Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz could throw. Um, he could throw, couldn't throw accurately a deep ball. He could throw the deep ball, but not accurately. The worst thing that would happen for him is he never had time in the pocket to settle his feet. He had the worst time, like his pocket would collapse too quick, and that did not help. And that doesn't help any quarterback. Jalen Rager's young enough because he's a couple, quite a few years younger than Hurts. I mean, I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts is quite a few years younger than Carson that he still has that athletic ability because he hasn't been injured either to be able mm-hmm. to evade the pocket because the Eagles – for the most part, still have that problem quite a bit. It's not as prevalent as it used to be, but they still have that problem with the pocket collapsing too much mm-hmm. and too quickly because they keep on getting too many injuries on their on their the offensive line. So yeah, I got I got to put up with that without uh, the benefit of injuries. <laughs> yeah, it's um you know there was like my dad always likes to tell me there's. Uh, there's an old saying in the NFL that uh, if you have two quarterbacks, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, then you have no quarterbacks. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> meaning, meaning, that if you have a, meaning that if you have a quarterback controversy, that's a terrible position to be in as a franchise. Um, but, you know, having that uncertainty about is the guy that we have in there right now going to be the guy and not knowing that and having to play these guessing games and like, you know, Oh, do we, do we renew this guy's fifth year option? Do, do we go back to the draft? Do we, do we try to, cause, cause you know, nobody's treat the only way to get a quarterback anymore really is to draft and develop a guy, you know, yeah. you don't, the age, um, I'm trying to think of the last quarterback who switched teams either via free agency or trade and like made like something good. Right. And it might've, be Drew Brees when he left the Chargers and went to the Saints. Yeah, that was the last that, one that I can think of. Yeah. And that's a decade and a half ago. You know, I don't really remember any other guy who got maybe Peyton Man, but he was only with the Broncos for a couple of years too. So, so yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a conundrum for any of these teams. But again, unfortunately, I don't think you're looking at a good quarterback draft this coming year. And I definitely don't think, you know, like, I don't really think there's a quarterback worth t- being taken in the first round. 
but inevitably, but inevitably one or two at least probably will because a team will convince themselves that this guy can be their guy or whatever the case might be. And all I can say is if the Giants with a new general manager are drafting one of these guys, especially because, you know, it's, it looks like it's almost a certainty at this point with five games left that their two first round picks will be in the top 10. I'm like, draft two offensive linemen. There's like the center from Iowa. There's the one guy from NC State. There's the one guy from Alabama. You draft two of those guys and put them in and they're as good as they're supposed to be. I'll be happy with that. Or if you draft Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, that'd be fine. Or if one of the pass rushers, you know, uh, Thibodeau from Oregon or Hutchinson from Michigan somehow falls to you. I don't think that those guys are getting out of the top five. But if like one of those guys falls to you, fucking take them. You need to build that way more than you need to go and reset and take a new quarterback right yeah. now. So. Because in my opinion, and, and you know, I'm no football, you know, I'm not a, you know, paid analyst by any means or anything like that. But in my opinion, it, if you can have a good offensive line, you can take, you can have a, an average quarterback and, and that average quarterback can manage the game to be able to probably give you a winning record in the NFL. But you have to have enough of an O-line to have a good running game and have enough time for the quarterback to be able to make reads and throws so that they're not getting tackled in three seconds. You know, it's just it's mm-hmm. not reasonable. You know, and not yeah. every quarterback can be a running quarterback. You know, that's just not something not every quarterback's built like that. More and more often it's being they're built like you know, they're built in that capacity, but it's not just a given that they're gonna be able to run. So the Eagles right. are, I feel are in the same boat. They have two options and when they with for their draft, they need to at least they should be drafting alignment and they should be drafting linebackers because they need linebacker help. They need it need an actual freaking linebacker, like a dominant linebacker. They don't have one. Yeah, I mean, so uh, it's, I mean, Daniel Jones is able to save himself sometimes because he is pretty athletic and he has this capability and, you know, he can run with the ball and everything. Mike Lennon doesn't have that. That was kind of proof positive today as well. Um, So it's, and, you know, that was the thing. It was like everybody would always make those jokes that, you know, Eli was always a statue back there, which, yeah, he was. He was a traditional pocket passer you know and so he he wasn't going to run out of harm's way you know so and that's another reason why like when it's going to come time for his like hall of fame debate and i know people are going to say well he was exactly 500 for his career he didn't do anything outside of the two super bowl runs and everything it's like i want to really say like go look at the offensive lines in front of him for i would say half of his career like like the first couple years of his of of him being a starter Mm -hmm. And then the last several, definitely. They, they, they did him no favors. They, they literally wasted the second half of his career after they won the second Super Bowl. They, they you know, someday somebody will write, depending on how much further this period of ineptitude for the Giants goes, somebody will write a really good book analyzing, like, everything that they did as a franchise from the moment they won Super Bowl forty six till whenever that book gets written. <laughs> showing how it's showing how bad the franchise has been run uh, and all the wrong decisions that they made, some of which were like, you know, were second guessed at the time, some of which were like incredibly bad luck, like that running back from Virginia Tech who they drafted who had to retire after like two or three years because of a neck injury yeah. or the guy they, or the guy they drafted in the third round who got into a serious car accident, which almost killed him. And he never played uh, uh, so much as a 
training camps now for the team, you know, so that that, that shit's like bad luck. But then yeah. there's like, you know, ter- these terrible free agent signings or like refusing to do this at this time. And, you know, so. Yeah. So I sometimes I was wondering if I could write that book. Yes. And as, as Eagles and Giants fans, we both share the same po- problems with our teams not knowing how to hell to do anything right to be able to put a winning team together again. So. Yeah. Um, all, but, all I can say to you is at least your Super Bowl was more recent than mine was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll call that the miracle year because I don't think we'll I don't think we'll see that again in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> you but, see, that's the thing. It's like you know, usually you can coast on that for at least a few years, but obviously the Eagles' period of that's already over since they fired the head coach of that team and <laughs> and traded the quarterback of that team and everything. So yeah, it's it's you know it's a different it's a different phase of the franchise or a different era of the franchise, I guess, if you will. Yeah. All right. So with that said, we're going to call it a night. We don't have any wrestling to talk about. We'll leave that for our next episode when AJ joins us because uh, he's the only, I don't want to say he's the only one, but he's the one that really gets excited about talking about wrestling and uh, can give us some insight of what's going on, especially with the pay-per-view that happened tonight. I, I don't even think anything interesting has happened. Yeah. And wrestling over the last few weeks, other than like, well, like Omega looks like he's injured, and I guess the Bucks are a little dinged up too. And obviously, they're moving forward with Danielson as a heel against against Hangman. I wonder if mm-hmm. they'll resist putting the title on Danielson, you know, and uh, Punk and MJF are doing a program. And then, meanwhile, over in WWE land. <laughs> <laughs> I know Brock just came back, but it's like we've seen Brock Roman before. Mm-hmm. So there's 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 really just nothing that really much to get excited about, in, in my view, at least at least with WWE. I still think AEW can put on probably a better product, but I don't know that their ratings are necessarily increasing. So yeah, so I, I kind of feel like this with WWE. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> i mean I, I, think so. I, texted you, I, I think i texted you guys this the other night like i for some reason on monday night i turned on raw probably because i couldn't find anything else to watch and i i think it was that they did like a 10 woman tag team match or something like that and i seriously mm-hmm. think i remember saying that within like 15 seconds of having the show on Corey Graves had annoyed the shit out of oh, yeah, to say about Corey Graves not one yet. To the point where I just was like, I need to turn this off. <laughs> he's, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, and I used to like him as an announcer, but no, he's he's so terrible. <laughs> he's so uh, terrible. So. All right. So we're gonna call it a night, as I mentioned. So we always want to say thank you to all our everybody that's tuned in. Uh, whether you're catching this on YouTube, catching it on Facebook, you catch it, the audio version, wherever you're catching this, we thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you listening. We hope you had a good time as we sat here and talked about our sports this, this week. Uh, and we'll leave it with you as we always do and say good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and we'll catch you on the next episode.